0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another night of the Spooky Stuff Radio with Alex Matsuo. I am your host, Alex Matsuo. I hope everyone had a great week since we last spoke last week, and holy cow, I'm actually on the air two weeks in a row. What a concept. Um, Yeah, so a lot of exciting things happened over the weekend for me on Friday, August 12th, I made my way up to Pennsylvania for some really exciting stuff. Um, In a more spooky-related matter, I was heading up to Newcastle, Pennsylvania for HillCon, which was held at Haunted Hillview Manor. Now, this is the first time that I had ever been to this location, and it has quite the extensive history, which I'll get into uh, in just a little bit. But, yeah, I want to talk about HillCon. Um, HillCon was... Actually, it was was a one-day paranormal con um, with about eight speakers and lots of psychic mediums and tons of different vendors and tours of the historic building, which is, you know, amazing. Um, Pretty reasonably priced, too. I think it was like, what, $15, $20, I think. Um, I have to say that this this con made me feel incredibly welcomed, and they took such good care of me. Um, I will say for anyone that went to the event and went uh, went to, um, went to ex- you know and they went in expecting to see like a PowerPoint deck and everything in a presentation. Um, I didn't bring my thumb drive, and I totally should have. Uh, so that kind of created some issues because I didn't have an HDMI cable for my laptop. So I had to basically do it without, do my presentation without a deck, which was uh, kind of crazy to do, but it seems like I did okay. Um, ended up selling some books and some coasters and some buttons. So it was all good stuff. Um, and I mainly spoke about my appearance on the TV show Haunted Hospitals. I talked about the whole spirit attachment with the man in the leather jacket. And I just talked about like how I overcame that situation and you know, there was a lot of people watching, and it was really, really neat. And the other really cool part about Hillcon was that I got to meet people in person. Like April, uh, you know, Psychic April, she was on um, The Holzer Files. Uh, I also got to meet Dan Class, um, you know, who has uh, Haunted Hinsdale. I also got to meet Bump of the Night Society, which is an incredible group up in the Pittsburgh area. And I met Jen, who she and I, you know, have talked on TikTok quite a bit. So it was just a really great event, and then that night, we got a chance to go on an investigation at the location, and I will say this was the first time in a long time that I actually went and investigated by myself. Now, granted, before I, before I I guess I shouldn't just say I was there by myself, there was a group tour happening, so... I wasn't, like, by myself, by myself, but I was able to investigate alone. And plus, there were surveillance cameras all over the building, so if anything should happen to me, someone would be bound to notice. So uh, normally I don't recommend investigating by yourself because it's, you know, it's a whole, whole safety hazard. Uh, But in this case, I felt comfortable investigating by myself because there were people in the building and there were cameras everywhere, so I know that I would have been well taken care of of if something happened, um, one thing that really spooky that happened was I was in the hair salon slash cafeteria. Um, this room and originally was the women's cafeteria. I believe it's on the second floor or the third floor. And then it was eventually converted into a hair salon and I decided to go into that room. Now I will say that I did feel really creeped out. Um, There is an entity on that floor known as the creeper. Uh, So I had a feeling the creeper may have been around now. Granted, I don't have abilities. So this might just be me talking out my butt. Um, So I was alone in the cafeteria slash hair salon. I had my uh, REM pod up um, by one of the sinks and I just started saying hello and the REM pod started going off by itself and I said you know hello, hello how are you um you know do you need a haircut and each time I asked a question the REM pod would go off and keep in mind I was completely by myself Um, there wasn't electricity running through that particular room so that was actually pretty darn interesting I did end up um connecting with a few people and investigating with their smaller groups uh, throughout the night. I did leave a little bit early, like around 10, 10.30 because uh, I had to wake up early the next morning so I could drive back to Virginia. So I recommend Haunted Hillview Manor as an investigation spot and I definitely recommend HillCon as an event. Uh, They take extremely good care of their guests, their speakers, and overall, like, gosh, uh, Sue Vesh was just like the best human being ever Um, I also ran into some uh, issues with some identity testing and I got scammed and they were just so incredibly supportive and there to help out in any way that they could and they fed me so you know that was an amazing event now this Saturday or this weekend actually this weekend is going to be the Gettysburg Battlefield Bash that will be held at the Wyndham in Gettysburg Uh, that's uh, what's the date that starts on Friday, August 19th, and it goes until August 21st. I'm going to be attending the Battlefield Bash on Saturday, August 20th. Uh, I'm not speaking. I'm not vending, but I am going to go and stop by and say hello to people and, you know, just connect with members of the paranormal community. Uh, That was one thing I took away from HillCon that I realized that I really needed. I just needed to connect with, you know, members of the paranormal community in Person, uh, You know, getting a chance to just see people, look them in the eyes, hug them. Um, it, it, it was something that needed to happen. It was just really good for my soul. So that's why I'm really looking forward to attending the Battlefield Bash this weekend so that I can meet, you know, everyone in person and get a chance to connect um, you know, connect with people and, you know, have a good time. Um, And I will be bringing uh, Mr. Spooky Stuff with me. You know, Chris, I'll be bringing him with me as well because he, he he got bit by the Gettysburg bug because of me and he enjoys Gettysburg almost just as much as I do. Um, Yeah. So we'll be up there this Saturday. If you want to say hi, let me know if you're coming to the Battlefield Bash and I'll be sure to look out for you. And, that is all for uh, for events now. Oh, I did want to tell you about the history of Haunted Hillview Manor. So I know that it opened on October nineteenth, nineteen twenty six. Perry and Mary, wow, Perry and Mary, Perry and Mary Snyder. Um, they were they were elected in nineteen thirteen to serve um, to serve at, in their respective posts of the Newcastle City Home. Um, so they had you know, Mary and Perry Snyder, their two children and 12 staff members and their first 20 inmates took up residence in Hillby Manor. Um, and a young boy was among those first 20 inmates and that home de- generally didn't take children. So it was interesting that this little boy got in. So then in June 1944, the Well County welfare officials and the Snyders um, were accused of incompetency at the home, um, so the Snyders ended up retiring with pensions, and they were requ- they were permitted to stay at the home, um, but then they were given three weeks to vacate. Um, Apparently they weren't the nicest. Uh, They didn't treat the patients very well. And essentially it wasn't necessarily like an asylum or anything. It was like a work camp. So if you were poor, if you were a person of color, if you were a woman, if you were out of the job or you were transitioning out of prison, you would go hang out at this place and You know, use it to get your life back together and to get back on your feet. Um, But that typically didn't really happen a lot. So anyway, um, Hillview Manor has quite the extensive history that is definitely worth checking out. Um, They ended up closing in 2004 due to financial restraints. And then, um, you know, now it is what it is. It's available for investigations. It's been on pretty much almost all of the um, all the paranormal TV shows like Portals to Hell, Destination Fear—it's been on all of them. Anyway, speaking of paranormal TV, I don't know how—I don't know how closely you all watch the news, but there's been some juicy paranormal news this past week. Um, Mustafa Gatolari, Gat- i am so sorry, Mustafa—wrote um, a piece for the Independent. And it's titled, I've hunted ghosts for paranormal TV shows my whole career. These are the tricks they use to fool you. From flashlight communication to REM pods, a lot of the shows use the same tactics to make the audience think they're in conversation with the dead. Holy cow. So, Mustafa is definitely filling some tea here. So, um... Now, it is behind a paywall, or I guess you can register your email to, you know, read it for free and do a free trial and stuff. But, yeah, so so I was able to read it off offhand um, just to, you know, I wanted to check it out because I wanted to know what was being talked about here. Uh, so, essentially, he debunks all of these paranormal TV shows. Like, he just drags them through the holes in the most professional way possible, uh, it's actually cool. kind of impressive the way that he does it. Now, what's interesting is is that he and Brandon Alvis are working on a brand new paranormal TV show. Um, they did just release a book together too, uh, Elements of a Haunting, which I got to read. I got to beta read early and give Brandon and Mustafa my thoughts on it. And it is a very good book. You know, they're really trying to establish some sort of science um, with the paranormal. So you know, it's it's good stuff. It's good material, and it's stuff that we need. And for me, who's not really a science person, I exceptionally appreciated. Um, I really appreciated this um, this this piece because I feel like it was just a. I feel like it was it it. it it's something that I think that we've all sort of known about. I think we've all sort of known about it. We've known that it's existed. But, you know, it it can be really intimidating to say something about it because a lot of times these, you know, paranormal TV people, they will leverage their following to attack anybody who, you know, has anything negative to say. And it's it's kind of a bummer because, you know, people are less likely to engage. They don't want to really talk to you. They don't want to... You know, they don't want to find themselves stuck in the middle of, like, some sort of, like, paranormal drama. Like, you know, people don't want to deal with that because it's, you know, it takes energy. It's a negative experience, so it's not exactly fun, and... Yeah, so I, I have to commend Mustafa and Brandon for really speaking out about the flaws of paranormal tel- television, and since they were on the reboot of Ghost Hunters, you know, they, they definitely have a special sort of perspective to share, and I think that they actually have the credibility to really speak about it and say something about it, and hopefully people actually believe them and take them seriously. Um at least that's my hope but we'll see we'll see how that goes um so Mustafa got that uh printed on the independent which is a pretty mainstream um pretty mainstream publication british publication too so i'm kind of wondering if like daily mail and the mirror are going to pick it up as well um although the, the sun or the, the mirror probably say something like ghost hunter doesn't believe in ghosts so he's possessed you know something really off the wall like that okay so moving on to the next news thing. Now, this one is kind of scary, but I covered it. I'm covering it because I think it could be a very good lesson. Not lesson, but I think it could keep someone else safe. So a former Texas peace officer is sentenced to 10 years for, for assaulting, sexually assaulting, at least two women during ghost hunting trips. That is terrifying. So this took place in San Jacinto, Texas. A former Texas Reserve Peace Officer, deemed the ghost hunter, has reached a plea deal in the sexual assault of two, two Houston women. The prosecutors said there were more victims. David Lynn Turner, a serial rapist, was sentenced Tuesday in San Jacinto County to serve 10 years in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. Turner was unique in targeting of victims and the story he used to lure them, investigators described. Authorities said Turner met his victims on social media and dating websites by claiming he wanted to meet women who who could communicate with the dead. He then duped the women by telling them they were going to a haunted house in Shepherd, Texas. He markets his ideas by saying, we're going to go ghost hunting, and he wants females who are like mediums with ghosts. So the right answer, if you want to be with this guy, is to say you can communicate with a ghost. Chief Deputy Tim Keene with the San Jacinto Sheriff's Department said when Turner was initially arrested. Investigators said once Turner had these women and in the dark at the supposed haunted house, he physically intimidated them. In fact, two of the victims said they would have done anything because at that point they were in survival mode, afraid for their very lives. They didn't know what was going to happen next. One victim told us she didn't want to end up in an ice cooler on the side of the road for us to find later, said deputy Tony Madison with the Montgomery County Sheriff's department. Turner was arrested on May 4th, 2021, and charged on two counts of sexual assault, but according to investigators, he harassed a Houston woman while out on bond. Big shock. The woman reported that Turner would reach out to her online and through text messages with extremely disturbing sexual messages. He propositioned her and sent her pictures of himself with And various body parts that should remain remain private he went as far as to show up at her apartment said San Jacinto prosecutor Rob Freyer after hearing evidence a judge revoked Turner's bond and he was placed back in jail where he remained until sentencing more victims have come forward but Freyer said to save them from having to testify they agreed on the plea bargain after the sentencing one of the victims gave a tearful victim impact statement of how he violated her and at that point Turner turned his back so he wouldn't have to look at her while she spoke on the stand. Authorities said other possible cases span across the greater southeast Texas region region, with potential victims in the areas of Beaumont, Galveston, Katy, the Woodlands, Cold Spring, and Livingston. Y'all, that's terrifying. So I think this really does go back to we really – need to be careful with who we're collaborating with in the paranormal and this is not victim blaming at all because this 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 guy is just awful and needed needs to be behind bars and i'm glad he's behind bars now um this is just a, i guess a warning for all of us to really be especially you know female assigned female at birth non-binary um you know really be vigilant at who wants to collaborate with you and who wants to work with you because i mean that's that's terrifying. That is absolutely terrifying because, like, what do you do with that? Like, ghost hunting is already a bit – and here, I, you know, I was just talking about how I was investigating by myself earlier. Um, it's just – it just kind of blows my mind how some people can be so bold with their misbehavior. Like, this, this guy, like this guy, like it's completely – it's out of line. It's totally out of line. And it's awful that now this is just another thing that women have to be worried about when they go out ghost hunting. Like, like, come on, like we can't exist and do our thing in peace without having to worry about being assaulted. Like I, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know what to think about that. Um, It's so sad. It's so disappointing and, you know, I wrote a piece about sexual harassment in the paranormal field about a year or so ago. I never did get the survey together. I wanted to do that. Um, but the stories that I heard and the the women and, and even some men, you know, came forward to me telling me about their experiences and some of the things that has happened to them. And a lot of times this is happening by fairly big names in the paranormal field and, I'm just so shocked that like nothing has really been done about it, and honestly, I don't know like what what can be done about a situation like this. Um, you know, do we like I don't know like do we have to start packing pepper spray?
1: Um,
0: I don't know. I I absolutely don't know. Um, so I'm not sure. But anyway, I just wanted to just make you all aware of of this situation and, you know, just kind of serve as like a warning to everyone. Um, just this warning to just be careful, you know, especially if someone is being really aggressive and wanting to collaborate with you and whatnot, you know, just be super vigilant. You know, don't be alone with them unless you know you can trust them. It's. I mean, although there's no way to really predict this kind of thing or even stop them, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe the answer is packing pepper spray. I'm not sure. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, anyway, um, I'm gonna move on to my last piece now. It is a piece that was written for. Psychology Today by a Craig Harper PhD. Um, The article is titled, Do Paranormal Beliefs Indicate Poor Mental Health? You don't have to attack me like that. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So let's dive into this. All right. Okay. So New data support the normality and adaptability of paranormal beliefs. Okay, you got my you got my interest so far. Um, yeah, hang on just a moment. All right, just trying to get my grasp on this article. <laughs> All right, so off we go. Off we go with this. So. Most of us, or the key points here, people have a stereotype that people who believe in the paranormal are to some degree mentally unstable. Belief in paranormality may be adaptive and protective for some people. And news data suggests that believing in the paranormal does not necessarily indicate psychopathology. Okay. Most of us have had the experience of talking to a family member about apparently strange beliefs that they hold. The existence of ghosts or the supernatural often feature among these beliefs, and many people attribute a degree of abnormality or naivety to such beliefs. However, little empirical empirical intention has been paid to whether those who believe in paranormal phenomena actually experience the world differently in terms of their mental health and functioning, that is, until recently. Dr. Neil Dagnall, a reader in applied cognitive psychology at Manchester Metropolitan University in the UK, has been studying paranormal beliefs for some time. In his latest work, attention was paid to psychopathology and its associations with beliefs in the paranormal. Dagnall and his colleagues were particularly interested in identifying whether such beliefs actually indicate maladaptive psychological profiles, meaning, you know, people who struggle with functioning. When asked, he said, the paper examines the incorrect assumption that belief in the paranormal is directly associated with poor psychology functioning and adjustment. Historically, there was some evidence to support this notion. However, it was inconsistent and unconvincing. When you consider that a significant portion of the general non-clinical population believe in some aspect of the paranormal and or report supernatural experiences, this assumption is counterintuitive. Clearly, most believers and experiencers possess no significant psychological issues hey i mean i have anxiety and depression i mean that's that's my thing profiles of paranormality and mental functioning they set to work surveying almost 4500 british citizens on their beliefs in the paranormal their mental health and their general sense of well-being the researchers then analyze the data using latent profile analysis which clusters individuals within a data set based upon trends in responses they give to survey questions Four subgroups were identified. Group number one, high levels of both paranormal beliefs and psychopathology, around 16% of the sample. Number two, group two, high levels of paranormal beliefs and unusual experiences with more moderate levels of psychopathology, around 19% of the sample. Group three, moderate levels of both paranormal beliefs and psychopathology, around 20% of the sample. And group four, low levels of both paranormal beliefs and psychopathology, around 46% of the sample. Looking in more depth at these profiles, Dagnall and colleagues found that members of the first profile exhibited far worse mental well-being, scoring lower on measures of life satisfaction and higher on measures of perceived stress and indicators of physical ill health than those in the other profile groups. However, those who exhibited moderate levels of belief in paranormality were just as mentally well as those who experienced these beliefs to a much lesser degree. Speaking of these data, Dagnall said paranormality is a common feature of the human condition and not something to be disregarded. Regardless of whether the paranormal exists or not, beliefs and experiences are an important area to study because they have a profound influence on the individual's boom. That is what I have been saying for years. This profound influence might even be protective against mental health, as some of work, other, other work suggests. That is, paranormal beliefs might act as a lens through which people make sense of their experiences and find comfort in those circumstances within which they find themselves. The functional belief in paranormality is something that, research, that the research team is interested in exploring further. Beliefs certainly, clearly must fulfill some adaptive functions, otherwise they would not persist. It would be interesting to further explore the conditions under which beliefs are adaptive, non-adaptive, and benign, Dagnall told me when thinking about the possibility. And all data such as these highlight how our common sense beliefs about social phenomena and the people who experience them can be wildly incorrect. Not only this, stereotypes about people such as those who believe in the paranormal are often negative and stigmatizing. This is a shame, especially when such beliefs may be protective against mental anguish for some people. This is why research into these topics is important in closing diagonal stress to this point. The study of topics such as these vitally important because the endorsement of scientifically unsubstantiated beliefs persists within contemporary societies. In this context, it is unfortunate that the research into paranormal beliefs, given its clear importance, is often trivialized, marginalized, and demised. Whew. Okay. So basically, there's there was, there was a bit of um, psychology terminology here, but essentially what this article is saying is that count people who have paranormal beliefs as mentally unstable because, in fact, a lot of people who have had paranormal experiences are not mentally unstable they are of sound mind so um and this article is absolutely right the um the stigma with with paranormal um beliefs is actually quite frustrating and frustrating quite often so um because it's it's a stigma it's absolutely a stigma that needs to be that needs to be resolved um you know not everybody not everyone who has paranormal experiences are going to are going are going to you know have mental illnesses that would you know invalidate them so and what I loved in this article is them saying like basically hey even even if par even if the paranormal is not real. These uh, these experiences are valid and real to the people who experience them. So, you know, there's definitely something to it. And I think it's something that we need to um, we need to talk about more in the community, um, especially in the world of psychic mediums um, and all that good stuff. So. Definitely, definitely something to consider. All right. Well, we are at the end of our time together. So I just wanted to tell you all, thank you all so much for, you know, joining me for another episode of the Spooky Stuff Radio. Uh, Just so that everyone knows, I am looking for people to help me co-host. I would like to have a different co-host every week where we talk about these stories and talk about, you know, different things that are happening in the paranormal community Uh, because, you know, these conversations would be much more interesting if, you know, we were talking about, you know, some of the, you know, well, it's not just me, and I'm talking to somebody else. Um, but anyway, I want to go ahead and say if you're interested, let me know. You can shoot me an email at alex at com, and I'll send you the link to the sign-up sheet. I want to hear from you, the paranormal community. All right, everyone, I hope you have a wonderful week. I'll see you all next time. In the meantime, keep your eyes and your mind open, and stay spooky.